dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going it's all like feel all like cute and like stars and terrifying trees that try and murder you with apples that part's not adorable everything else feels cute and adorable Oh yeah, no, it's, it's it's just like heart stars and horseshoes, clovers and balloons, pots of gold and rainbows, and the rain balloons. Rain balloons? R- you, rain like bo- that was the one you flubbed? Like you got yeah, all the way through that? And- I did. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because that's the way I thought it went when I was a young child, and apparently it just came screaming back to me. Oh, it, there is no area of uh, psychology research more interesting than going to someone and being like, oh, you know that song you heard when you were 12? Here are the actual lyrics. And yeah. just being like, nope, can't can't hear any of it. Nope, that's not what they're saying. It's rain nope. balloons. It is rain balloons. Yeah, no, I think the worst one for me was uh, the opening to Aladdin. I had no idea like half of the words to that song. Yeah, well, I mean, Robin Williams does kind of a weird... I don't really know what sort of accent he's going for. Right. So, and 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 actually, that that directly relates to the game that we played, which is Kirby. Yes, that there is a perfect segue <laughs> there that I will never allow anyone to decry ever. <laughs> um. Yeah. So specifically, we played Kirby's Dreamland, which is mm-hmm. the OG Kirby. Was it the first one? I'm pretty confident that it is because of a specific piece of trivia that I, for some insane reason, have tucked away in my brain. Um. You know, originally, because we have the like the colorized Game Boy Color version. Um, originally, mm-hmm. like all of the Game Boy games were great. They were green scale, really, but they, they were like grayscale, which is why on the cover art Kirby is gray because they didn't know that his character design was pink. Hmm. Yes, and and I guess they. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, there was there was Kirby for the Game Boy, and then. No more Kirby games, only Smash Brothers, you know? <laughs> no, Kirby got a whole variety of insane games. There's uh, an actually pretty fun, as I remember it, Kirby Golf. Uh, there's more platformer Kirbys, um, but they are all overshadowed by him being in Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, pr- pr- pretty pretty much. Although, you know, we just got more added to the list of, of, of stuff to play. That's but- right. So what what are your nostalgia goggles for the OG Kirby's Dreamland? Well, this is, I mean, as I kind of alluded to, aside <laughs> from Smash Brothers, predominantly my experience with Kirby. But man, it was just just Game Boy for days. This was one of my Game Boy games, so I just remember playing this for hours and hours and hours. Play it in the car, play it on planes, play it on trains, you know. <laughs> I do like playing Kirby, Sam I am. Like I was just all upon this game. And uh and yeah, so that's that's pretty much pretty much it how about you so this was definitely a game i played at brian's because brian had the game boy um the weird thing and i I feel like we've been oddly flip-flopping on this like almost every other episode in rhythm this is one of those games that i was like oh yeah kirby dreamland like i remember playing that but i didn't play it like a ton and then i sat down and played it and i was like i played this so much (laughs) <laughs> not not in like a weird like it all came flooding back to me way 
I was just overwhelmed with memories of like Brian playing an RPG and me sitting next to him with his Game Boy. And it's like, well, what's within reach? There's, you know, Super Mario Land and Kirby's Dream Land. Kirby's Dream Land is already in the Game Boy, so I'll just play that. Right. Like it was yep. ve- it was very like just happened a lot. And I think that's why I didn't have super clear memories of the game itself, but like of the game context because it was mm. always just like, oh, I'll play Kirby for half an hour until it's my turn to like play Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy or Earthbound or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this was this was definitely my thing that my parents gave to me to help me pass the time while we did, you know, like road trips or or what have you, you know, until, uh, I, I mean, it, it's, I think that the games like this are the reason why you, you carried a whole bunch of extra double A's around with you, you know? <laughs> because oh, i come also on. it's just, a game boy you only needed to carry tons of extra double a's if you had a game gear <laughs> <laughs> sure, i mean the game boy's battery life was decent but i just it, it just one of the the nostalgia throwbacks i had when i was thinking about it while i was playing it was it, it, it was new double a's every time you know it wasn't this was before the era of, you know, like you, you would plug in the game system and the game system would recharge. It was just kind of like, nope, you just destroyed the environment with your <laughs> love of Kirby, you know? That's- yeah, and in fact, I don't I don't think it was the even the first or maybe even second generation Game Boy that could be plugged in if you had rechargeables. Like, I think later there was a rechargeable pack that would take the place of the battery drawer. And so you could play with that plugged into the wall. Because I, I have distinct memories of some of my friends playing their portable game console tethered to the wall. Because that was like, they were trying to keep the battery alive until they had to like leave the house so that they could leave the house with a full battery. But you look like mm-hmm. a crazy person with a Game Boy with a three foot cord sitting up against the wall. Yes, yes. Are, are you sure that... that- it was like legally sanctioned or did they didn't just splice some weirdness together on their own? Uh, that's a good, that I, I can't say. Cause this was before I was never a big accessory console gamer anyway. Like I basically took whatever came out of the box. Maybe I got an extra controller, but yep. people whose game boys had a screen and a light and a printer and a camera and like mm-hmm. a cappuccino maker and like, uh, and, you know, and a little hamster on a wheel that would run to charge <laughs> yes. it. You know, yeah. I I was never one of those kids. I never. I didn't have a multi tap. Um, f- for the the time that I played the Wii, when people are like, "Oh, you can snap all these little plastic things on there, and it makes it look like the sporting equipment that it's supposed to be." I was like, "That's dumb." It's. I already know it's a video game. <laughs> yeah. No. And 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 while we're on this tangent and, and crapping on on the Wii <laughs> peripherals. Yeah, no, whenever they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you got to get this one that makes it look like a sword. This makes it look like a racket. And this makes it look like this. I'm like, I I am literally mentally juxtaposing myself into a virtual space. Do I I need something that doesn't even look like a real racket? It looks like a miniature racket. Like, that's almost (laughs) more fourth wall breaking. But well, and now it's in my it's between me and the graphics that are helping me, like, disassociate from reality. (laughs) yeah no i because i remember um when somebody had a wii you know like they they had all the peripherals and i remember going over to their their house and they're being like oh yeah i've got this peripheral i got that and again it's all just stuff that connected and i was like i remember saying do do i have to use the peripherals they're like oh you should i'm like i don't think that's what i asked you (laughs) they asked do it do i have to like will i offend you if i don't and they're like i mean no but why wouldn't you i'm like 
because this is dumb and I'm starting to think less of you the more we're talking about this. So <laughs> moving on. The but, the Game Boy magnifier at least served a purpose. Like if yeah. you either had, you know, bad vision or if you uh, just wanted, you know, a slightly larger screen experience and you could hold that thing perfectly straight on and never, ever look at it through an angle, um, then like it, it had some utility, at least the light definitely had utility. Um, I don't know the dumb printer and camera, though, like, come on, come on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, just 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 wait until you get a cell phone. You know, you just you just have to wait. But <laughs> anyways, top of the hour visuals. Yeah, we should do that. Um, see, that is a sick from the camera, like because it, it was yep. bad camera into the yeah. See, that one almost worked. It almost it did. It, um, it, it almost did. It, it almost it, it got us like three quarters of the way there. <laughs> that's that's my my middle name. Three quarters of the way there, Lions. Um, <laughs> but enough about college. Thank God I've committed that to tape. Um, <laughs> so the 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 overwhelming thing. Because, you know, when when you play these games, uh, games as a kid, like, there's certain things you might notice, but it's not until you are forced or voluntarily scrutinizing something that you start to notice the depth of some of those qualities. And when you look at Kirby, you're like, oh, these, these graphics are pretty cute. Like, this is, a, this is a cute game. It's got, like, a cute little aesthetic. And then when you have to start dissecting it and pulling it apart, you're like, it's just cotton candy and unicorns and rainbows all the way down. Like every level of detail and design that they put into the game is adorable. It's just, everything is so damn cute. Like, and I'm not complaining. Like I enjoyed the crap out of this cuteness, but like everything, everything is so cute. And it's, um, another excellent set of design decisions were made with regards to how underpowered, the graphics on a game boy game could be. So it's like mm -hmm. Kirby is a circle and he has a little you know, two straight lines for eyes and he has little like nubs instead of arms and legs. Like, but it just makes him like an adorable little puff ball. And if you make him larger and higher resolution, you don't, it's not like you add detail and you're like, Oh, thank God we can finally give him detailed <laughs> hands and feet and a jawline. Like, no, it's none of that. Like they designed him with these limited, you know, uh, graphics and these restraints, but it was a design that then scaled up, beautifully like if you mm -hmm. speaking of smash brothers if you remember when smash brothers went to i guess the wii and there was a trailer that like showed all the characters becoming hd and like mm -hmm. mario's overalls are like denim and you can see buttons and stitching and like kirby becomes hd and he looks like exactly the same <laughs> yep no you you had all the definition that you needed at the very beginning you made the sale stop selling although i did see online uh a tan uh, first tangent of the of the day or third <laughs> no it's like um, yeah at least <laughs> was um it basically you know because like kirby is just this pink little puffball wearing like cute pink little shoes right and so oh, no 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 do you mean the the thing with the shoes and the feet yeah no yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if 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 you haven't yet go online google kirby's feet and scroll past all the horrible stuff that the internet is inevitably going to lob at you first but there is a picture of just him with very human feet and it is infinitely unsettling yeah um, but that's the thing it's, it's that, really, know, that's really not bad. Kirby's supposed to be Kirby's supposed to be smooth <laughs> lines and I think that because if I remember correctly and I can't source this information but Kirby's sprite was originally a mechanical placeholder when they were building the game 
Um, I think that is actually correct. I think yeah. they were designing like the game engine and the the game feel of the platforming, and he was, I think, like, okay, we just need a sprite so that we can see what it's like to run and jump and play in levels. What I don't remember is. Did they stick with him by mistake or did they realize he was adorable and stick with him on purpose? That that's the punchline I don't remember. If I remember correctly, the the director of the project was, you know, because they just kept using him and eventually he was just kinda like, What? They're like, Okay, now we need to design Kirby. And he's like, Why? Like this is <laughs> this works, it's on theme. Let's just go with this. And it's <laughs> So we, we, we're already there, but uh, but I think that they made a really good choice with um, you know, like you said, like like Kirby is very very low resolution. He's just he's just a pink little puffball, and it's super cute. But you know, just like with Mario, you know, when when he was super low res, you know, they had to do a bunch of really clever things in order to make him look halfway human, like the mustache and the hat and all that fun stuff, right? Same thing with Kirby, where you know, like because he is just a pink puffball, they can make him really really small and still very emotive um and it's very important that he be small because in order for you to play the game properly he can't be a giant and take up like 90 <laughs> percent of the screen like woody um you know like you, you just you can't do that you know so so i think that 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 was a really good choice because basically you know you have like mini mini sprite kirby and then i just done eight something kirby which is bigger <laughs> and and that's it. But because, like, and especially because Kirby's, like, this cute little ball, like, he can do cute little things. Like, when he falls, he kind of, like, squishies a little bit, you know? And, like, he hits a wall, and he squishies against the wall, and it's, it's just, it's cute. It's cute. Yeah, they, I'm, I'm glad you used the word emoting or emotive or that, you know, whatever. It had emote as the root. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was pretty blown away by how much they communicated with his like squashing and stretching and like he when he tumbles his he kind of gets like a straight line mouth as if he's like Mm -hmm. you know gritting his his teeth to like do a cartwheel or whatever like there's a lot of emotion that they convey with that little non-face and Mm -hmm. non-body it's not like he can his body language isn't even recognizable human body language it's like an incredibly reductive facsimile of human body language. Like when his little nubs are just at his side, you're like, Oh, he's just standing. And then when his little nubs are like a little bit raised, you immediately are like overwhelmed with the sensation of like Rocky jumping up and down on the steps of the (laughs) library in Philadelphia. Like it's like, all you did was shift these two pixels, like from, you know, nine and three to like 10 and two. And yet I know that he is like, nubs in the air in total triumph like it's just or like he's reaching for something like it's it's really really impressive and i think the yes i love your kirby dance (laughs) nubs in the air air. yeah kirby would totally listen to 90s rap um (laughs) like 80s 90s um but it's it's i think this is something that the game boy actually had over the Nintendo and the master system, which is the graphics are so simple that your brain makes no attempt to do anything. Like it just takes the information that it's given like a a stick figure drawing. It's it's there. There's some threshold below which your brain is so much more forgiving that it's, it's like 
incredible. And I know there's like the uncanny Valley, but there's a lot of space between this, like super cartoon game boy. Everything is a win. And the uncanny Valley, like there's a lot of like, yeah, these graphics kind of suck in between here and there. And I'm almost surprised that more designers didn't go for like, well, let's just make them super cute cartoon characters. Cause it's easy and people love it. And, Maybe the design part of it is harder than I'm giving it credit for, but god damn, it's so cute. I, I can speak very mildly from experience, but I did dabble with some pixel art a little while back, and it seems like, su- like super easy, super cute. Now, it's, it's really hard because, like you said, you know, like like you put one pixel out of place and and, and literally the whole thing falls apart. And it's especially like a, it's almost, <laughs> it's almost like a cascade failure, you know, like, <laughs> like we're basically like you move that one pixel. So then you just move this other one and then you got to move another one and then you got to move another one. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, data desperately trying to piece together Lol's brain before she <laughs> has complete cascade failure, you know? Sad. I felt like that was the only good <laughs> metaphor. For that. Yeah, no, definitely. There's no other things that tumble in a sequence. <laughs> nope. Nope. No, nope. but yeah, but I mean, no, it's, it, it is actually, it is actually very difficult to do, but again, you know, Nintendo d- did it very well. And then, uh, uh, and then uh, this is how labs. So they, uh, how labs is the same company that I think did the original Pokemon and went on and did a bunch of other, things that we associate with Nintendo because Nintendo like funded the project. The project was on a Nintendo console. They had in a lot of cases, like in Pokemon and I think in Kirby, they had direct um, like direct working relationships. And then somewhere in, I want to say the nineties, they just flat out acquired them. Nice. So in, well, in all ways good. it is appropriate to say this is a Nintendo game, but technically at this point in history, this was a third party game. Lions, you are technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> Yay. Nubbins but, uh, in the but, air. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, this is true. But yeah, no, I think that uh that you know Kirby does a great job. Yeah, definitely being incredibly emotive given what limited, you know, like what limited resources they had to usher towards towards that thing and i think that it was it was kind of necessary for the visuals to to add to the aesthetic because if you had for example like mario you know on the game boy systems and the older ones like he is not emotive he is very clearly a human but he's not emotive you know and so if all of a sudden like like just just every everybody who's who's listening like close your eyes for a minute especially if you're driving um Mm -hmm. and just picture like Kirby's Dreamland, but with Mario as the sprite. And mm. <laughs> right? That'd be weird because like even though like Mario is, you know, very we see him now as very animated and very and all this sort of stuff, it would be it would just kind of feel kind of static and like stilted, you know? So uh so yeah, I think that they did a great job, you know, like picking picking out picking out a good character. Um so let, let's, let's talk about some of the things that are less awesome. Um, the the backgrounds to me are like kind I flat. I, they're kind of flat, but then there are some places where they want it to be clear that you went from like inside to outside or outside to inside or you changed rooms. Mm-hmm. So they like mix up the color palette a little, but there's very little they could do even on the Game Boy Color 
they only had, you know, like six colors or four colors or whatever. Like it was pretty, pretty restrictive. So the background, you know, cause Kirby and all the enemies in the foreground are like a pinkish. And so mm-hmm. the background is like a greenish yellow to make the pink pop more. And there are a few background designs that that much of that tennis ball color is not pleasant. Like it's mm-hmm. jarring and distracting in some ways that I was just like, I need to, I want to clear this room just so I can stop looking at this background. Like I just, <laughs> I just need to get out of this room. And then I would get outside where it's like mostly neutral gray sky and like less aggressive color. And I was like, oh, okay, everything's fine now. Um. Yeah. So the, I, I, I played the one where it was all just green and stuff. Oh, I thought we both had the Game Boy Color version. So I just have a Game Boy Color version. Okay. So you, yeah. you did not have to deal with this insanity, which is totally fine um but believe me like those and it's I, I, and it's I, always the backgrounds because all of the characters in the foreground are kirby pink yeah no i the one i played was was and to be fair was the the one that i played when i was a kid because i played it sans game boy color so um yeah no i i, I was like all of this looks about right <laughs> um one of the things that, that i noticed um was the sea urchins i don't know if there's only one way to draw a sea urchin when you're using pixel art, <laughs> but they looked almost exactly like the ones from Super Mario World. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna guess any small spiky thing in this era of gaming is gonna look nearly identical. And and I think it's just a limitation of the platform. It's like if if you're gonna make an enemy that's plus or minus this many pixels then the number of spinies you can have coming off of it has to divide evenly into that. You know what I mean? Like you, so you end up with very predictable angles because you can't have half angles in pixel art. So at at this scale in particular, I mean, if you're talking about pixel art, that's 10,000 by 10,000 pixels. It's like, well, okay, but that's not what this is. It's like four by four (laughs) pixels. Like it's nothing. So, I mean, the, the fact that they uh, have some of those things that are like, like, hey, that looks just like this other enemy. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I would give a pass on that, especially an enemy that's like that or like a sun with like lines coming off the sun. Like, you can only go at certain angles. There, there is no room for uh, customizing your spinies. Like, to me, that just reminds me of, you know, like Bender saying, saying, I, I would never use a digital camera. I only use, you know, analog photos. And the professor being like, how can you tell the difference? Your eyes are digital cameras. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, it makes me think of the words just kind of like when you're like, oh, well, you know, a 10,000 by 10,000 pixel thing. It's like, so like any monitor, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean this this is uh this is a thing that some purists argue about. They're like, you know, oh I, I do pixel art. And it's like, yeah, but you did it at a resolution that no no classic console would ever have even dreamed of. So you mm-hmm. can make curves and things that to the naked eye look like perfect curves, which means you right. you have the exact tool chain you were supposed to be limiting yourself from. So yeah, it's it, in in this case, particularly on the Game Boy, particularly on the Game Boy, I'm going to say 
all sea urchins are allowed to look identical. <laughs> there, there was one master sea urchin, and then they were just kind of like, "Look, this is why why reinvent the wheel because we can't." Like, well, like we could, but be it would cease to be a wheel. Do you want to be the first one who drew it and just like I have now drawn every sea urchin? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, like, uh, you know, the, uh, the 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 backgrounds to me, I felt, especially in, you know, like, Skyworld and things like that, I kind of felt were a little a little flat, you know? I mean, like, I don't know if I would have done anything different. Um, they definitely, you know, allowed for me to focus in on, you know, what was in the foreground versus what was in the background. But, you know, I kind of felt like, nah, that was, that was okay. Uh, I thought the enemy design was was given again the constraints fairly varied, which was enjoyable. Yeah, I mean there aren't there aren't a ton of enemies, but the ones that there are, they all look pretty different. They all have fairly distinct um, little animations and things and and different behaviors. So instead of four, you know, four or eight or whatever it is nearly identical enemies and they couldn't do palette swaps haha like <laughs> they have to make them more interesting in some other way so I was, I was pretty happy with that um i was also uh really happy with the amount of time kirby spends dancing um mm-hmm. one of the ways they communicate emotion with him is through uh the the beautiful art of dance he dances or does some kind of little thing at the beginning of every main level he dances at the end of every level after you beat the boss and you get the the star. Also, uh, I paused the game to turn and talk to Susan. And then I saw motion out of the corner of my eye and I looked back at it. He dances on the pause screen. If you leave the game paused long enough and it's not like five seconds, it's like 10 to 30 seconds. You have to leave the game pause. He will start to dance and then he does a slightly different dance. And there, like someone had to program this. Like <laughs> he he actually breaks out of the, the rest of the screen being paused and like dances while you hmm. are ostensibly not there to even see the screen. So like basically it's just kind of like, why didn't you pause the universe and kill, kill King DDD? Well, I could only do it to dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much, it's like, I have a very specific superpower. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, to be fair, I, I just imagine that there was like one animator who was just kind of like, Oh man, yeah, we got these, this, these dance animations. And, and I don't know, I'm just, just bored. I don't really want to go home. It's traffic. I want to make more Kirby dancing, you know? <laughs> And then they're like, well, I mean, we've got these assets now and we've got this extra space, so we're just going to throw in Kirby dancing. And and I am okay with that. Uh, yeah, one of the other visual, visuals I really liked was, um, I don't know why, I thought they did a good job with like, so Kirby expands to what, twice his normal size, right? When he, um, Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's probably about twice as big. I, I'd say that he his, <laughs> I would say that his diameter doubles, which means that his uh, you know surface area increases by substantially more, and his volume by even more than that. Yeah, was it surface area with the square and volume with the cube or something? Oh, I, I forget how to. I yeah. mean, do because I know I know v- how to volume do is way way more. Well, yes, um, but yeah, I mean, like to to calculate the the ones for a circle, I always forget those equations because they're they're kind of nightmarish. Um, Anyways, uh, certainly compared to like, you know, a square, which is length times width and then a cube, which is length times width times height. It's like, well, there's it's like 
one half pie artist, whatever. Um, anyways, so the point being is, um, when Kirby, you know, like like swallows an enemy and you walk around with him, I love his little like 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 arms like waddling from yeah, side his, to his side. Little, I had too much to eat. Waddle. Yeah, where he's just kind of like waddle, 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 and then like he spit it out, and you're like, ah, okay, now eat some more. Waddle, 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 waddle. It's just cute, man. I don't know. It's cute. I'm telling like every every little thing is so thoughtfully done like in service of cuteness which i am again totally super not complaining about i think it's awesome um there is a a couple little animations they did that i'm kind of curious what you think about because they like jumped out at me uh one is when you die it is like the entire world gets in on your death because you fly up into the middle of the screen you spin around stars go everywhere like every direction that they could render on the game boy and then you fall down like so no matter what is happening on the screen the death animation takes up basically the entire screen and it's not i mean it's not visceral or anything but it's like it's really in your face like they really really want to communicate to you like you died whereas like mario or sonic you know bounces up to the middle and then drops off the screen in the exact same way Kirby does this like crazy spin and like fire stars in every direction. And it was just like <laughs> the first time I died, I was just like, Whoa. Oh my God. Well, I, I think that, you know, again, in, in, in surface to cuteness, you know, it's just kind of like, <laughs> Oh no, like the, the stars and all this sort of stuff's happening. Like, and I think that, you know, cause like with Mario, he just kind of like jumps into the air and he's like, Oh God, I'm dead with, with, with Kirby. It's just kind of like, Oh no, he's like losing all of this star power. Oh, sad. Cause like, when he when you go to continue, he's just on the continue screen, like sleeping, and the little hand goes like, "Hey, wake up! We got we got we got more stuff to do." And he's like, "Huh? Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, all right." And he just like pops right back in. So, you know, it's yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I I know I, I know I you actually, never. Oh, go go ahead. I was gonna say I did. I just I didn't die a whole lot because oh, I'm no. good. Well, because I'm good at video games. Um, um, and and we will definitely get to difficulty in the mechanics, but um, I, I know you didn't really play the Metal Gear Solid games. I know you watched me play one of them at least. Um, I watched you kidnap a bunch of people by parachute. That's that's what Metal Gear Solid is. Um, <laughs> so then, yeah, yeah, uh, but it's um, man, that game was fun. Um, it's uh, th- there's a, a long running joke that Hideo Kojima has no interest in making video games. He really just wants to make movies because those games are so filled with cutscenes, cutscenes, long ass cutscenes, like <laughs> really long, mostly good if you like Metal Gear Solid, but just long cutscenes. And playing through Kirby's Dreamland, there's just that little cynical voice in the back of my head that was like, did did this guy just want to make like a cartoon of a cute dancing pink puffball? and accidentally made a video game (laughs) because like the second you turn the game on it's like nintendo adorable dancing and then like the level starts and it's like there's a unique adorable dance at the beginning of every level there's a unique adorable dance after every boss and then there's several dances that happen on a loop on the pause screen i was like and again i'm really not complaining it's just the amount of attention to detail given to kirby like grooving out is substantial well, do you think it was a kind of a situation where somebody said, I, I, I bet you you can't 
you know, <laughs> sell, sell a game that's like 20% dancing but has nothing to do with dancing. And somebody was like, game on. It was, it's like how Tony Stark got made, where it's just kind of like, I bet you can't create a total jerk and make him into a hero. And Stanley <laughs> was like, game on. You know, maybe it was something like that, where somebody was just kind of like, you know, I bet yeah. you can't make a game about dancing that's not about dancing. It's like, Okay. Yeah, is it uh, and, is it Green Eggs and Ham? It, one or the Cat in the Hat? I think it's Green Eggs and Ham. Like, I bet you can't write a whole book that only uses like twenty two words or something. Like, there's, and and that one's true. Like, whatever the number is, like someone bet Doctor Seuss he couldn't write an entire book that only used this set of words, which is why that book is so repetitive. Mm, but because I mean, Doctor Seuss is a freaking genius, like you don't notice that until someone points it out to you because it's a good book, and like yep. you don't notice until you are trying to rip you know kirby down to its base molecules that you're like wow there's a surprising amount of dancing in this game that ostensibly has nothing to do with dancing but it it's a way for him to be emotive like that's how he communicates to the player that he is happy and experiencing joy is like oh he's doing like a little cute dance it's like yeah he just turned into three kirby's for no reason and that's not a power i apparently have but it did make the dancing cuter and this game is in service of the dancing yep Exactly. No, I think that Kirby has uh, substantial superpowers, but can only be used for joy-related dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm of all the things someone could do with their great power. Like, would it be nice if he used his superpower set to, like, you know, stop bad people and and bring the world peace? And he does that a little, but mostly he just wants to dance. And I can't really be mad at someone who's like, I'm not hurting anybody. I I just want (laughs) to dance just wanted it it's it's kind of like the opposite of uh of the party rock song music video you know oh where they have no it's it's not the opposite it's exactly like that (laughs) oh my god he uses his adorable dancing and eating people to like save the world Mm mm-hmm Kind well, of. But, I mean, I guess most of the way he defeats enemies is less with dancing and more with eating. But then he dances on their graves. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get over the dancing on the graves part. You, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anything else on visuals? No, I'm, I'm out on visuals. You want to move on to sound? I, I do, indeed. Um, so, first of all, the, 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 since we started this, the dancing music's been in my head. Oh, when you like, beat a boss that... Yeah, absolutely. No, I assume that that is just on a loop in the back of my mind forever now. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because it just... And, and and I was just sitting here like, okay, you're going to need to remember what the actual theme song is. So that way, you know, you can <laughs> like call it forward and like critique it a little bit. But all I can hear is, is the dancing theme song. So yeah, no, I mean, the music's just kind of kind of delightful you know yeah i mean it's it's they're cute simple melodies and i think i would have internalized if if i played this game more as a kid or if i played it more like on this playthrough i think i would have started to internalize the kirby level music exactly on caliber with like mario level music like it's it's that kind of like cute hummable you know it's it's meant to be simple and they were bound by the limitations of the hardware but i i think even on more powerful hardware they still i I guarantee you later kirby games still have simple hummable music because that's it's it's childish and simplistic it's supposed to be that way um the the sound effects in this game i was delighted 
because I've noticed since we we've been critiquing Game Boy games, um, a lot of the sound effects are in the very high range, which is mm. definitely a limit of the hardware. But I am consistently impressed with games' ability to use what should be piercing, unpleasant audio and somehow make it like a delightful little chime or a little chirp or a little like like when Kirby bounces, it makes like a badoop, and it's like it's yep. very high pitched, but it is in exactly the range to somehow not be like ear bleeding. It's, it's amazing. To, to me, agree. The, to me, the, the thing that I noticed in, in basically the same category that I, I was like, cause, and I was actually worried about it when I, when I booted it up was, I was like, please, 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 please don't make this an annoying <laughs> noise is the vacuum noise that you make. Oh God. Yes. Fantastic yeah. example. Yeah. You know, we're just like, and I was just kind of like, Oh, that's like super okay. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's like, you know, I wouldn't have it on while I shower, you know, (laughs) it's not, you know, something I would seek out, but it was absolutely not grating or unpleasant or anything like that. It relayed the information of, Hey, you're, you're, you're immobile right now because you're doing the vacuum thing. It helped sell the feeling of you're sucking things up, but, uh, it wasn't piercing or awful because if it was, I'd be like, well, I guess I'm not really going to use this mechanic or I'm going to use it as little as humanly possible because you can't beat the game without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I actually was surprised on some of my playthroughs. I was like, for whatever reason, in like platform avoid enemies at all cost mode. And then in other playthroughs, I was like, I am Galactus destroyer of worlds. And like, I just, and Kirby, like I would go out of my way to eat enemies just so I could have had eaten them. Like, and, and I don't know what led me to either of those, uh, play styles when I was, you know, (laughs) playing through the game, but I I'm 100% with you that the vacuum noise, which presumably most players are hearing a lot, right? Only, Mm -hmm. Uh, someone who's doing like a speed run or who's challenging themselves would intentionally avoid vacuuming up enemies. So you're going to hear that noise at least a fair amount up in, up to and including like all the damn time. And yet somehow like really spot on sound design. Like I, I'm as we've been doing this show, I think this is the thing I've actually become the most cynical about because it's like insidious Like most people Mm. do not realize like, why is this game annoying to me? And it's like, Oh, cause there's this annoying noise you're hearing all the time and your brain knows it and you're processing it, but you're not like cognitively aware of it. Like when people go into a basement that has like an old fashioned, uh, like air conditioning fan and it rattles and it happens to rattle at a frequency that makes you uneasy. You don't immediately turn ghosts. Yes, exactly. Like you don't immediately turn and say, aha, there's a rattling fan. That's why I suddenly think the ghost of Ebenezer Scrooge is telling me to kill my family. Like, but you do see the ghost part. So like the effect is real, but you don't know that it's actually an air conditioner telling you to kill your family and not the ghost. And and this right. is, this is something that some games 100% nail, like somehow the vacuum noise does not make you want to kill yourself and other games 100% fail. Mario walking in Donkey Kong makes me want to kill myself. Oh man. I was really hoping you weren't going to get that one because I was just going to be like, Oh man, are you just going to go like play some, some Mario walking in Donkey Kong to calm down? Because it's my callback. You, you have no yeah. right using it. <laughs> Yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, just to go go ease my conscience, I'll just go you know snort some cocaine and move on with life. <laughs> and I got the cocaine reference. 
you, eventually we're going to get feedback from a listener who's like, you know, I, I try to listen to this when I'm like taking my kids to school. <laughs> like if you could just dial it down a little, <laughs> like just, you know, like we don't, do we need a cocaine reference every time? And the answer is yes. In Apparently, fact, yes. In, in fact, I'm shocked that you didn't link the Kirby vacuum to like, that seems if you're going to make an overt drug reference, that seems like the place like he is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, you're you're right. And now I'm picturing like pulp fiction, but like <laughs> yeah. but you've got that sound effect, you know, as they're as they're doing the drugs. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I mean, again, I'd be willing to bet money that the internet has already done that to and, some effect. And this is why because I've I've gotten pretty I think I'm at least passable at editing audio, but I'm not really very skilled at editing video because that is an entirely different skill set. But every time we talk about one of these things, there's that little part of me that's like, you know, it, it, it's like uh, when Peter and Brian go back in time and they're like, Die Hard hasn't been written yet. We could write it, Brian. Like, <laughs> like I just, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Is there a video of, of what's her name? Mrs. Wallace, like snorting the heroin that she thinks is cocaine and it makes the Kirby vacuum noise because it feels like it's within my skill set to put out into the world. But am I capable and responsible enough <laughs> or or irresponsible enough one, let, let, one or not, the other let's not split hairs george <laughs> uh but yes no anyways um that 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 sound effect is uh is is super tolerable and um i also feel that you know like the you know uh firing stars at people you know like like those sound effects, all the sound effects were good at achieving the goal of letting you know kind of what's going on and not being terrible. I don't think that there were any of them that I could point to where I was like, this is something that distinctly relayed information. Uh, like, for example, like enemies dying off screen in Bomberman or anything like that, you know? Mm. I don't, but, uh, but I don't think there's anything, I don't think anything happens where you are reliant purely on sound. I feel like all of the unique sounds are paired with unique visuals. So if you played this game with the sound off, you would be losing some useful information, but you wouldn't, there wouldn't be anything that you were now completely unaware of. You know what I mean? And if you played it, I mean, if you were blind or if you, you played it without looking at the screen or something, technically you would know what was happening. You wouldn't be able to navigate, but like you would know if you got hit, you would know if you died, you would know if you hit an enemy, you would know if you sucked in an enemy, like, because when you, you suck in an enemy, the vacuum noise stops. Like there's, there's, I don't think there is any place where an audio cue isn't paired directly with a visual cue, which is, is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and I wonder if in general, because, you know, like I said, like, there's one example from Bomberman, but we've had tons of examples with, from tons of video games where there were a lot of audio cues that were, like, necessary, you know? Um, but it, less so in Game Boy games. I wonder if it's because the designers knew that there is a much higher likelihood that you will be playing it without the sound turned on. Um, I don't... So when we talk about accessible design, um, I think once you get onto the scale... It's like you're kind of incentivized to go all the way because treating the worst situation also handles all of the lesser versions. So mm -hmm. what I would suspect is that it was widely assumed you would be playing in 
a loud environment, in a car, outside, where there's ambient noise, where there's fluctuating ambient noise. And if you assume the player can hear zero audio and you design for that, then you are designing by extension for, I can hear some of it sometimes. Sometimes I can hear only noises in a certain range because there's white noise from like traffic or waterfall or something nearby. Like, so by designing for silence, you by extension are designing for the more common situation, which is, yeah, I have the sound on. I just can't hear it very well because I'm in the backseat of the minivan or I'm, you know, at the park or whatever. Like it's, so that that would be my guess is they were actually designing for noisy environments, but by by designing for silence where there's nothing you must have sound for, you get noisy environments kind of for free. Agreed. And and I don't know. Do you have anything else for sound? Because this actually segues pretty nicely into a, uh, a gameplay thing. Do it. Segway. Segway. So, so one of the things that um, uh, was brought to my attention that I was like, oh, no, that's that's actually a fair point is um, the game is super short right so really really freaking short yeah it's really short and it kind of made me uh, think about it and and so part of the issue and and i did not come up with this on my on my own a a mutual friend of ours was like hey this is this is a thing i was like that's a fair point and i told her i was going to steal it wholesale but i can't (laughs) do it um (laughs) anyways but uh is that the the game length was probably so you know you have two two types of games generally right ones where you can save and ones where you can't right mm-hmm. <laughs> there are two types of people in the world those who think that burritos are sandwiches and those who don't they're not by the way burritos are not sandwiches wraps aren't sandwiches okay you need to anyways no it's it's <laughs> it's in structure purist in, in in ingredient rebel you know it's the way to go so oh my god you've seen that alignment chart yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, of course you have <laughs> <laughs> anywho uh we're getting off subject like we like because we never do that so nope, uh nope. but anyways is um you know there, there are games that let you save right but this is not that you know you've got to you, you hit it all in one go and battery life you know you yeah the game has to be able to be played in an amount of time where you don't outright kill the battery you know yeah because like mario the like the original super mario brothers you also can't save but there are warp pipes and you can bang your head against that problem as long as you want, as long as your house doesn't lose power. Like with a Game Boy game, if you can't save, you are saying the longest we can possibly make this game is a full set of fresh batteries. And that is a really crappy design constraint. Like, yeah, that's, that's that's kind of being a jerk. Yeah. To say like, well, you can get five hours of battery and this game takes four hours and 59 minutes to beat. Like that's not, (laughs) no, no one would, do that like that's insane that's like evil (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) i I don't know man like now now i kind of just think that that would be like just not hilarious but you know just like if you wanted to create a a really like deep existential crisis (laughs) you know within it's like like make a game where literally you can't save and the game is in like too long to beat even on a fresh set of batteries and then just watch people desperately try to speed run through it you know you know if if we had the same kind of hardware constraints now that we had then but we had today's game literacy in designers i guarantee you a game like that would exist because Mm -hmm. there are designers who in their entire focus is like frustration in game design or like 
you know, like emotions in game design, like uh, just how can we act on the player in a way that's new and novel because delighting them is something we've been trying to do with video games for a long time. And then like, there's lots of horror games. Um, but like frustration based gameplay is relatively new, but we are now out of the place where fresh set of batteries is a constraint. Mm-hmm. Now you could do something psychotic, like have a background process running. That's like sucking the life out of your phone battery. So so the game doesn't seem that processor intensive, but it's like brutally murdering your phone battery in the background. Or what if what if you what if what if you did a similar thing where basically I mean and, and you'd know how damaging this would be, but if it was um you you created a background process that slowly but surely took up more and more memory to the point where the hardware crashes. Oh yeah. I mean you could totally forcibly crash somebody's device. Like that's I mean, it's rude. (laughs) Because that would be worse, man, because then you'd be playing the game and the game would just be getting slower and more and more sluggish the further into it you were. So, like, you know, your ability to arrest the problem becomes worse (laughs) as you become further along. Or if you're Bethesda, you do that by accident. Do you remember that? (laughs) No, I do. My my main thing with Bethesda is I, I love them because of all of the hilarious stories I've gotten out of their crazy, weird glitches. Yeah. So here's one for you. Uh, on the PlayStation 3, Fallout 3, um, the save files, say they stored like everything forever. So mm-hmm. if you played the game for like an hour, and I'm just going to make numbers up, but like if you played the game for an hour, your save file was like a meg. And then if you played it for like five hours, it was like, 10 megs and then if you played it for like 100 hours which you could easily put 100 hours into that game it was like 5 gigs and like it just <laughs> it bu- it ballooned so crazy out of proportion and it because the PlayStation was not expecting that so there were no like checks in place so like it broke the game in really insane ways like you would go to save and the save screen would just hang forever or you would like nice. go to load and it would get like 99% of loading and then that last 1% would take like 20 minutes cuz like it didn't know what to do and so like they they figured out a way to fix it but it was like it, it it's like if you had a perfect memory and every single thing you ever saw was logged perfectly in your brain so the longer you lived like the more your brain was bursting at the seams yeah how how does your brain work um i mean like that but that's because we're robot people dude (laughs) why'd you even ask me no no it's it's fine it's fine anybody who'd rat us out is already in jail from going outside and yelling for the cops that's true because it is the only way to talk to us or apparently about us exactly um anywho but yeah no so i thought that was an interesting you know or or a good gameplay decision to make it's like hey we're just gonna make this game super short and super sweet to the point and it's it's fun and challenging and interesting enough where you know there's enough offshoots and enough like fun things to do to where i don't remember getting bored with this as a kid you know i mean i played it for hours and hours and hours and even though it's i think this time i casually beat it in about a half an hour i think yeah yeah, and if I was just kind of like, oh, that was that was fun. I I enjoyed that. You know, well, and 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 you know what I absolutely must talk about right now. This game has a goddamn new game plus. 
Modern games like struggle to figure this out and friggin Kirby's Dreamland on the original Game Boy has a f***ing new game plus built into it. Like I was, I got to the end because I, my first couple playthroughs, I was like, I just played a little and I didn't have a lot of time. And then when I got to the end and it was like, restart the game and do this button combination and we'll make the game hard. I think they call it extra mode. Like we'll make the game harder. And and I look because I, I didn't have time to like dive super deep into that and do like a side by side comparison. So I did actually look it up and I was like, oh, what what is different about the extra mode so that I can save myself research time here, essentially, um, or like hands on research time. And it's all they did is there are a few enemies that the placement is the same, but it's a different enemy that has a movement pattern that makes them more difficult to deal with in that location. And it's like, huh. That's really cool. Yes. And it it probably took someone friggin' 45 minutes of development time to implement that. And it makes the game way, way, way more replayable because you can mm-hmm. do, if you know that button combination, you can do the extra mode without beating the game. You can just do that at the beginning and play that. So if you have mastered Kirby's Dreamland and you're like, I only want to play on extra mode, you can do that. You can just always essentially play it on hard. And how like how do modern games still struggle with including even a basic new game plus when kirby's dreamland was like well yeah obviously we want our game to have lots of good replay value <laughs> duh yeah no i mean and as we've said on this on this podcast before we uh you know there's just there's just no real reason to not add in those those types of features you know because you've already built the game it's 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 literally like you know getting 100 percent on a test and not putting your name on it you know it's it's like you you're you're just so close just literally even if you know because i assume you know like like in in the game each sprite is assigned a number you know or something like that where it's like this is you know sprite sprite one sprite two sprite three it's like just, just shift all of the numbers down one i bet you it causes all of the game designed to be like abject insanity and incredibly difficult. And it's like, yeah, and now you're done. Go home. And you've given the player something that they can replay over and over and over again. It's 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 just do that. Yeah. Do it. Worst case scenario, they don't like it. And then they don't play the new game. Plus, they just play the original game. It's extra content for like no impact. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I'm, I try hard, especially working in the technology field. I, I try really hard not to well actually engineers or or not well, actually, um, can't you just, I try hard not to, can't you just engineers because I, I know like I dabble, I understand that programming is a thing and you don't really get anything for free. But when we're talking about the amount of work compared to the return on investment, that's what makes it seem like a no brainer to me. And I think I'm, I'm relatively confident that your description of how they did it is probably pretty much okay, if they start the game in A mode, here's the the enemy map. You know, like enemy one is enemy A. Enemy two is also enemy A. Enemy three is enemy B. And in the extra mode, it's that same table with a few changes. And yep. that's it. And that's why I'm, I'm fairly it. confident that that took them virtually no effort to implement for a huge return on investment, right? It's like, yeah, you have to spend the dollar but you're going to win a hundred dollars. And if you have that mm-hmm. dollar, you are really, really stupid not to spend it. Yeah, no, I mean, um, and this is, this is mildly tangential, but, uh, uh have you, are you familiar with, um, you probably are, but maybe not by this name An ease impact matrix. 
Well, yes. I mean, of course, I know all the things you know, but for right. the audience, it's obviously nice of you to explain it. Not me. I'm not of the course. audience foil. I need you to address them directly because I already know exactly what this is. Of course, of course. No, and and that is very generous. I, of you. I, I do <laughs> what I can. You know, be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> Basically, an ease impact matrix is is something where it's just a, uh, you know, four quadrant axis, right? Just like they used to make you do in graph paper in school. Um, but on the one end axis, you have ease to, to complete the task. And on the other axis, you have uh, uh, impact that it will have to whatever it is that you're trying to do, right? And so anything that, so basically you end up with like, obviously it's it's, you know, analog it can be these things can be anywhere on this matrix but you end up in four quadrants and there's stuff that's easy to implement and has a huge impact and you do that immediately there's stuff that's difficult to implement but has a huge impact in which case you come up with like an action plan for those you know there's stuff that's hard to do but will um or that's easy to do but won't really have a huge impact in which case you just kind of get that knocked out anyways and then there's stuff that's hard to do and will have no impact and you abandon that forever uh so you know this is one of those ones where it's just kind of like every time when you're thinking about how to spend your game resources i just feel that new game plus is on the ease impact matrix just like way up there in that you know like like super easy super high impact and it's like why are are there games without this? <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 and I love that way of explaining it because it's not zero effort. It is some effort, but relatively easy, especially compared to the game you just had to build. And it's not right. like you, you don't have the skill set. Like you just built a video game. We're just asking you to build a little bit more video game that will make the players disproportionately more delighted. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's like a, a support group of internet weirdos who are like, Oh, you also spend entirely too much time wondering why video games don't have new game plus. <laughs> and like, I can find my people out there, but I really like, I'm, I am not prepared to stop charging this hill. <laughs> nah, no, nah, I'm, I, I'm fine dying on it with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I do uh, want to talk about two spe specific mechanics that I have notes for. Um, one is, uh, a lot of the animations are dedicated to cuteness, right? If you press into the edge of the screen where it's not going to scroll or you hit a wall, like you kind of squish and you make like a little squish face. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that does, it doesn't change anything. Like the game continues to operate identically. Um, mm -hmm. There's a little cute animation though that actually is mechanically relevant. And when I realized that I had like a, a mind blow moment where I was like, oh my God, this is like the most subtle mechanical complexity you could add that a child would learn around and, or someone, I, I do mean children specifically because the aesthetic of this game is, is very childish, but just someone with a low games literacy would, would recognize that this mechanic is happening and adjust for it without it being too complicated for them, which is when you jump, if you fall more than I think like two or three times your height, you sort of go into like a dive where you're, you're like, mm -hmm. you know, nubbins down, nubbin feet up. And when you hit the ground, you bounce and a little star comes out mm -hmm. and it's cute. While you're bouncing, you cannot jump and you cannot vacuum. And yep. like, it's just that, that matters that one second. Or yeah. Half. Just that little bit second. So like if you're on a screen where it's possible for you to fall more than that distance, or if you're, you're floating up high, you don't want to just 
hit an enemy with your gas. I, the little, I don't know when you exhale, like, <laughs> yes. Um, just, you don't want to, you know, I don't know. You don't want children listen to this. Thing, yeah. Man. But what would you call that thing? The mouth gas. Anyway, <laughs> you don't want to breathe on them to death in such a way that you will fall right near where there's an enemy. Cause that enemy might attack you or hit you or run into you or whatever before you can recover right so like right. super super simplistic but it does introduce an interesting mechanical variance instead of the game being so simple that it's boring like it shows that even though they were trying to make this for um you know mostly children but people with like a low games literacy that they were still like well we don't want it to be a non game. Like there still needs to be mechanics. The player has to learn. Here is a simple mechanic. That's a low enough bar that we are confident people will be able to overcome it. Right. And it's like that. I I just appreciate that level of polish, even though I am way too games literate for that kind of mechanic to matter to me. I'm, I appreciate Mm -hmm. the thoughtfulness that went into placing it there. Agreed. And um, there's it, it, that touches kind of on the idea that so you know like there are different core aesthetics for a game you know like socialization uh you know like exploration you know things like that right um uh game as pastime i think abnegation um you know things like that i mean abnegation is literally one one of the core aesthetics where it's just like like you just plug it in so that way you can just unplug Mm -hmm. you know um but this is this is one that i think is a very interesting kind of edge case where um it's challenge-based gameplay, but it is challenge-based gameplay that is not difficult, mm-hmm. you know? Which is, you don't see a lot, because a lot of times people say, like, oh, well, the only way you can make a challenge-based game interesting is by making it difficult. And it's like, no, that's not true. Like, it doesn't have to be teeth-grindingly difficult, you know? I mean, like, this game is pretty easy, pretty straightforward, and death is barely punished at all. But, you know... It's um, it's still 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 pretty fun. Well, and I don't um, if if they were boring characters in a boring world with boring music, and everything else was the same. Like if you literally just changed the visuals and the graphics, but the the platforms were in the same place and everything, and the the enemies moved in the same ways, I don't think this game would be very good because a huge part of why you forgive the low difficulty as your game's literacy goes up is it's adorable. And it's really mm-hmm. adorable. Like it's just, it's just a fun <laughs> little world to be in. Like it's fun to be Kirby and eat people and spit out stars. Like that's just a fun thing to do. But if it was spitting out spit stars, out stars. <laughs> but, but if it wasn't that, if it was just you know generic graphics or, or that kind of thing or, or just bad graphics, like I don't think it would be very good. I, I think a lot of the enjoyment of the game is just looking at it and listening to it. Yeah. It's, it's in the visual aesthetic, like the, the way, the way all of the art comes together. Um, I, I, I agree. I think one of the other things that, so, <laughs> so this was a mechanic that I thought was, um, I, I, I enjoyed it and I thought it was very, very good, which is that, you know, you have lives and if you run out of, if you die, you start at the beginning of that section. And if you lose all your lives, you begin at the beginning of that stage. Mm. Right. So that's fine. It's not not uncommon. Um, but <laughs> but then and, and if you so you you know you continue begin at the beginning of the stage. Um, about halfway through the game, I made this sudden realization, which was um, that 
every new stage I started, I immediately killed myself until I got a continue. Because <laughs> there, what, why? <laughs> because there was no Machiavellian reason not to. Because <laughs> it's not punished. And there's no reason to not go into the stage without the maximum number of lives afforded to me. So, yeah, what, by whatever means I could, I immediately killed myself the remainder of the times and then trudged <laughs> onward. Okay. I, I did not indulge in that particular strategy myself. Um, <laughs> but I think, I, man, I'm... It's a legitimate tactic. <laughs> 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 I mean, you're not you're not wrong. Um, I, I I'm I honestly I don't I don't know if I died out to a continue. To be honest, I know I mean I definitely died. I don't think I died all the way out to having to continue. Yeah, I, I did. I was I was playing it really fast and loose with the game, but um, but yeah, no, I did at one point like die all the way out to continue, and and mostly also too, so I could say like, okay, well, how does this mechanic work? And then when it dumped me at the beginning of the level, then basically I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's good. And then the way I kind of stumbled across the thought pattern was then two or three stages into it or wh whenever I like walked across and just kind of misjudged the jump a little bit and just died immediately. And all of a sudden I was like, oh man, you know, now I'm starting with four lives. What if I get all the way to the boss? And I've got like zero lives left and <laughs> oh wait, I can fix this problem. <laughs> and it just... Walk, walked my my happy pink butt off the cliff yeah no i mean it, it yes mathematically it worked out <laughs> uh, <laughs> i uh yeah i mean it, it's i think it's only it's only weird when you like acknowledge it <laughs> right like yeah, it's only weird I can see you like like visually i can see you struggling with the logic versus <laughs> you know like the the horrible humanitarian war crime where you're like well I mean, it's a video game and it's supposed to be fun. So, I, I mean, I guess you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> it just definitely feels wrong to be murdering this like thing we've been going on about being cute for so long. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it's fine. It doesn't feel fine, but I guess it's fine. Yeah. And, and this is another place where uh, the design is because the you could look at the aesthetic and be like, oh, it's cute. And then find out that it's like crushingly hard. Because that's another mm -hmm. thing that modern games like to do is they like to separate the difficulty, usually make things look childish and then make them crushingly hard, right? Because they're, mm -hmm. they're going for exactly what we're talking about. I'm an adult. I played these games when I was a kid. I want to see something that looks like it did when I was a kid, but I want it to be harder because my game's literacy is now much, much higher. And sometimes you see the reverse, but that's usually like an art game or something and it's not, not super common. Um, but uh, the the difficulty of the game is very closely paired to its, you know, silly, cartoony, adorable art style. And the mechanics uh, reflect that in terms of the way they punish you when you die. And, and the health drops are fairly prevalent. They're not overly generous. Like, you can't just march face first into every enemy and then pick up a bunch of health drops, which I appreciate. Uh, the one mechanic mm -hmm. where they really, like in-game mechanic, um, in-action mechanic, uh, where they really, really erred on the side of generosity is uh, the the effect box for the vacuum is, like, yeah. real generous. It's yeah. not a cone. It's a column, like I checked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they can be outside of the visual column of air flowing into your mouth and or the visual cone and absolutely get sucked in 
totally collide with like your feet or head, but somehow end up in your mouth. Like they, they pulled no punches. They said, we are going to make this always, 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 always error in favor of the player. 100% of the time, no matter how ridiculous the animation looks and with a 0% margin. of <laughs> Yes. Like it's, and, and I appreciated it because the, the cone is already so large that the animation usually looks okay anyway. And when it did flub out where they definitely should not have gone in my mouth, but ended up in my mouth anyway, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted. Like, thank you. Yes. Yes. Yes, please. Thank you. You said you had another thing about mechanics. Oh, no, just the, uh, the, the, the vacuum effect and, um, the, the little bounce. Those were my two, like crucial, someone definitely noticed and thought about this and and i already got on my soapbox about the new game plus so yeah so with all that being said did uh did it hold up it totally does like it's super 100 percent does yes no absolutely and you know i i I agree it it certainly holds up and you know when people like oh what kind of person would you recommend this game to i i would obviously recommend this to any kids you know i mean like obviously it's a great game it's a it's a great um it's just it's a fun game and all this sort of stuff but i think that you know we've we've spoken before about games literacy this if you're looking for somebody who has like no games literacy this is a good game to start them off with because it's super generous it's relatively easy it's straightforward um it's not bombarding it's got like two but you know two use buttons and like five mechanics it's very approachable so if you've got somebody who's never played video games before and you're just kind of like hey i really really want you to play the last of us start start them with this (laughs) work work them up and start working your way (laughs) no i mean i I literally as you were saying that i jotted down on my little notepad here like could emily play this and like she's she's gonna be five (laughs) this year and i would really like her to start actually playing some video games um Cause I mean, she has a tablet. She screws around with her tablet. Like she knows what video games are. Cause there's older kids on the street and like, she's seen me play video games a couple times, but like I need to start thinking about like, what is the run dog run of, of <laughs> video games? You know, like what can I start to get her into? And obviously games I already own are the easiest. Cause I don't have to go out and procure them. And I mm-hmm. don't want, I don't want to exclusively be like, oh, you have to play the games I played when I was a kid. And I also don't want to exclusively be like, you should only play modern games. Like, I, I want to specifically find games that will help her games literacy, old or new. Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, no, absolutely. You should play this game. It's fun. It's great. And then at the end of it, you get to you get you get this nice little dance, you know. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land. Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. 
your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you've lost for a while You're gonna think back much less On how you saved the day Then on all experience days Along for the ride.